Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of comic books that have come out today yeah, and some future comics. Yes, because today's the day, but the future is tomorrow. Ooh, Ooh, I think love it. it. Do you know what else I love? Everything in our stack, so let's get into oh, it. Wow. Oh, Everything. Yeah. Don't give away the, the, the game. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to run through them. We're going to go issue number one. Love it. Issue number two. Love it. Issue number three. Love it. First one we're going to talk about, though, Black Widow number one. Guys, how did you feel about it? I you loved hated it. it. I hated it. No, I didn't, actually. I thought this was pretty good. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I really love the artwork. Also, we kind of break it up into two stories with Zalbin Loves. And uh, he does love hats. He loves halves. He loves halves of things. Big half fan. Yeah, I thought they were both equally great. Were you going to say I'm a half blood prince? I was not going to say that. I'm saying the glass is always half reviewed (laughs) to you. That sounds like an insult. No, it's not. Yeah. I, I so, was really uh, to ha- give you guys the status quo of Black Widow, she died. She's came back dead. to life. Uh, she's she, alive. She's alive. But uh, she's she's down an eye and up a new haircut. Ooh, I love it. Uh, and she is... So the first half of the issue, she's teaming up with Captain America trying to save New Year's Eve. Second half of the issue, she heads to Madripoor to figure some stuff out. Really like the second half of the issue. That was where it felt like it started to get going to me. Yeah. Uh, where it felt like, okay, this is what the status quo is going to be for the series. Honestly, it felt like the first half of the issue was like a backup from another issue or like yeah. something from a, a collection of comic uh, of comics. You know what I'm talking about? I think she has, I'm looking through it and she has two eyes in the first story. She has an eye patch. Uh, she has an eye patch in the second story. That's first what I'm talking story, about. Uh, she has both eyes. So where'd the eye go? I don't know. Uh, Maybe but, that's a mystery. Yeah. Ooh, but, yeah. What happens? What happens when you can't see an eye? I also Black really, Widow number two. <laughs> find out. I also like the the kind of fake cap, real cap thing that's a, kind of a running theme that goes through uh, Marvel right now. And I, I like, like that. No, I like the way they handle it in this book where 
it's obvious who, who's real, who's the poser, and Black Widow wasn't fooled even for a second, which was pretty. Do you badass. know what my problem with that was? My problem with that is we're launching a Black Widow solo title, and a lot of the first half of the issue dealt with Captain America rather than her. Yeah. That's why I was more interested in the second half, is because it was focusing on her getting into her character. But and her she world. had such a badass line that I really loved. Which was from Russia with love, asshole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm curious to see where this goes. I really loved the recent run that uh, I believe Mark Wade and Chris Samney did. Oh, so good. Such a good run. We were really inside her head. Uh, it was visually, like, stunning. Obviously, uh, this is a totally new direction. I'm excited to give it a try. But I definitely want those more internal moments where we really get to see how fragile she is as a character on the inside while she's such a, a badass uh, on the outside. Yeah, Ooh, I, you I, should see a movie called Red Sparrow. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> You're always big up in that Jennifer J. Law game. Oh, man. Have you ever seen the Hunger Bunger games? The Hunger Bunger. Have you ever seen the Hunger Bunger? Yes, I, Alex, I will check out the Hunger Bunger. I, I would hate to ruin the bit here, but <laughs> Not I a also bit. think this is. I just it. want everybody to see the Hunger Bunger with Jukaputu or Lorikatons. Uh, so I. I, I think this does a great job of not only getting you excited for this team that is on this book, uh-huh. but also I also like the back matter where they kind of talk a little bit about their passion for the book, yeah. which I really appreciated. Yeah, yeah, that's always great. Back always matter matters, stuff. just All like right. in Hunger Bunger. Let's move on to a DC comic book that I legitimately loved so much, The Batman Who Laughs, number oh, two. Now, man. we talked about the first issue of this. Normally with miniseries, it feels like, okay, this is a pocket story. This is taking place out elsewhere. Maybe we're going to take some big swings, but it's really going to be contained here. Uh, The first issue was insane in terms of what it did, what Scott Snyder as the writer did, what Jock as the artist did. Uh, We talked about how well they worked together, both on Witches and uh, kind of on their Batman run previously, though Mm -hmm. I believe Jock just did covers. Uh, But this second issue... Holy shit. Like Holy there's shit, shit is Alex, right. Alex is losing it. I this really is fantastic. There's stuff that happens in here that is like seminal Batman stuff, like stuff yeah. that you would never in a million years would think would happen in a Batman run. And yeah. it's insane. Well, let me say, like, this, there's there's a lot of Batman comics that are like, Batman has never been in more peril. Batman has never fallen this far, this fast, and is landing this hard. And this comic, without much of that fanfare, feels like, wow, Batman's in a very bad position. <laughs> yeah. he, and he seems, when he, there's a section here where he's um, in disguise as Harvey Bullock, um, almost a Jim J. Bullock, which is a different character. Yep. Uh, I thought and, you were going to say Patches. Is that uh, Jake of the Fat Man? Is that uh, what you're going no, for? No, no. Okay. You always think I'm talking about that. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's 90% ho- of the time ho- you're talking I about I do it. love that show, Joe Penny. Great show. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Jim J. Bullock is from Hollywood Squares in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, great. We're very old. Uh, no, uh, he seems like he's like legit losing his grip in a way that I didn't see coming and I thought was just really well executed. Yeah. Uh, also, I didn't like this villain at all. The Batman Who Laughs? Yes. But now, if such an amazing villain. Do you not like it because it's such a long name? No. Uh, I just thought it was just kind of like a, look at how this is like a heavy metal version of a character you know. Uh, but this just the story, the background that we're getting with this like kind of uh, spin-off series has been so well done, so well thought out, and so amazing. Uh, it's really impressive. I yeah. feel like this issue in particular did the best job so far of explaining 
why the Batman who laughs is not the Joker. Yeah, you know? exactly. Be- and showing the real peril yeah. of that, I think, uh, in such a good way. Yeah, uh, particularly... We've talked about this on the live show before, and I think talked about this on the podcast a bunch in general, uh, but it always feels like there's one Batman title and the other ones, eh, some stuff is going on. Right. But Tom King's Batman run is clearly like changing things in a big way, feels important, feels very well thought out. The Detective Comics run that's going on right now from, who's writing it again? It's... Doug Monkey also Mark. feels huge in a really yeah. big way. And then we also have Batman who laughs. This is an insane time to be a Batman. Fan. It's a great time. Not to, to sound be. like a comic book podcaster, but it really is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, I want to talk about this last page reveal that is such a nod to fans of Scott Snyder because when he started on detective comics uh it was started with uh you know his son and like how creepy his son is and, and so commissioner the, gordon's son not yeah. Scott snyder's son right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. great point thanks uh, for clarifying that um but yeah i'm oh i'm just so excited for it cuz this his did, made me immediately go back to that issue where it is uh detective gordon or um Gordon sitting there at the booth, and his son has maybe murdered somebody in the back, and is just like so intense. And like now, this is kind of getting into the fact like the only person who can help them kind of understand this madman is a madman. And yeah. uh, oh my god, this is it just kind of comes full circle to from where Scott started on uh, Batman. And comics. how about the Grim Knight? Another Batman in this uh, issue, which is such an interesting take. Um, It's described in here as um, if Batman had picked up the gun that Joe Chill dropped. Like, I thought that was such a good... Oh, it's great. Because people were like, Grim Knight, it's like Batman meets Punisher. I'm like, okay. But that description, I thought, was just... It just crystallizes it in such a great way. Yeah, all... All this, again, not to focus, I mean, we are talking about this issue in particular, but I think even more than the first issue, this feels like this brings to bear a lot of the stuff that Scott Snyder has hit time and again. It is Batman run, and it's so good. So well done. Definitely pick this up. Uh, Moving on to Deadly Class, number 36 from Image Mm -hmm. Comics. This is finally back from Rick Remender and Wes Craig. Uh, The TV show is just hitting as well, so that's clearly why it's timed. Uh, This is not a good entry point if you're checking out the TV show. But they do a great job of giving you a recap on the first page. I was going to say, I actually thought it was a good yeah. entry. Oh, yeah. I'm someone who hasn't read all of the uh, the issues preceding this. I've sort of been in and out with the series. And I thought this was a good like introduction of the characters, uh, sort of uh, summarizes a lot of their interactions. And the art is just stunning in this comic. It feels like the whole break they've been on, Wes Craig has just been literally drawing these great detailed panels and pages. It's a gorgeous issue. Such a Absolutely gorgeous. And what's great is it's all over the place. Like, you get flashbacks, you get weird dream sequences, and the art's different, but the same in such an amazing way. Uh, And it also has that, like, old-school skater vibe feel to it in some parts. Really awesome. Yeah, so the idea of the issue is Marcus is in the desert going on a drug trip, going through every single thing that's happened in his life so far, ultimately making a very big decision. 
this title is great. I'm excited. Yeah. It's back. I can't wait to read more, uh, particularly to see how they spin out of the yeah. TV show. That exactly. I, was I think we can say class is back in session. Ooh, Ooh, love it. Moving on to Valiant Comics, Shadow Man number 11. Now, we checked in with the first part of this arc, and this is, I believe, the last issue of this title for now, at least. Seems that way. Uh, this was a blast. I yeah. thought, awesome. I was surprised at how much I like this. And Andy what'd you Diggle guys think? writing it. Uh, I love his writing. Can you I- diggle it? Yeah. Oh, wow. I think we could say the man is back in shadow. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, this kind of really sums up uh, what's going on in this book as well, as well as kind of uh, uh, gives us a new status quo. They do a great job of talking about all the stuff that is going on in an action oriented way. Uh, Yeah. I've, I've, I think shadow man is one of my favorite things that Valiant's doing. Uh, and I think I, I thought this was an amazing issue. Yeah, I agree. This is a fun, uh, fun issue. The Valiant has done such a good job with their series lately, just telling different stories. Like they're yeah. not just rehashing or just like, okay, here, what if we did this type of story? It feels like they're really getting granular with each of their heroes and, uh, and each of these titles and telling interesting take, having interesting takes. It's funny to me that you called out, uh, the, uh, asshole line or whatever it was from Black Widow because there's a page in here in Shadow Man where he yells surprise assholes and it's great like the way it's drawn the way it's staged everything that happens the way the issue is structured they take out the main enemy Master Dark in like the first two pages Super confusing, but it turns out it's a twist that you don't see coming. Uh, it keeps hitting you with action beat after action beat. It's just super fun. I, yeah. was, I was very happy we read this. The art is also really different and really cool. Moving on to one that's coming out February 6th, so no spoilers. And I'm Pete, I'm going to ask you if you don't have anything nice to say, please don't say anything at all. Archie number 702 from Archie Comics. Now this is continuing Nick Spencer and um, Marguerite Savage, I think, is run on the title. Archie is secretly dating Sabrina. Everybody wants to know what's going on. Meanwhile, Mr. Mantle is missing. I really enjoyed the first two issues of this. How'd you feel about the third one? I like this a lot, too. It's interesting how the TV show Riverdale has uh, sort of infected the comics, and they are, are doing a good job of making it sort of pop the archie sabrina stuff i it makes me want to see that on the tv show i I like this relationship i want to see more i want to see that crossover episode this is we keep saying the same thing issue after issue but it feels like the perfect mix of riverdale and what mark wade was doing on the title thus far yeah uh it feels very americana but there is a tinge of darkness a little bit of an edge to it i appreciate having a jughead who feels like jughead sort of a naive dubby a little bit uh, who is very sweet unlike the show where he's sardonic and sarcastic um i thought this was great pete okay i was told not i couldn't say anything oh man no you could say something nice yeah you could say something nice no i don't have anything to say oh i don't know why you don't like this it's so good and the art's so good it's great suicide suicide squad number 50 from dc comics now this is a title we don't usually talk about but with a big anniversary issue thought it was worth checking in uh amanda waller has a big mouth in her tummy (laughs) and is coming after the suicide squad she's a volcano lady yeah what'd you guys think about this one this was fantastic man uh ton of action uh, a lot of I like the way they kind of broke it up where you get to see a little bit of like each character and their fighting and it kind of bounces around so it doesn't feel like 
It's a group book, but you get a little one-on-one time with everybody. I, I love the pacing of it. I thought the villains were really creepy and badass. I don't usually like Suicide Squad, but I enjoyed this issue very much. I did not know a lot about what was going on in this issue. Uh, it's a pretty crazy issue, and um, it was uh, it was all right. It was all over the place. Yeah. I The last time I checked in with Suicide Squad, they were fighting an evil Amanda Waller who was trying to take them down. So yeah. it felt a little repetitive of that, though I think actually based on what I read in this issue... That was tying back to that previous right. story. She's been, infe- she's been infected. Yeah, she's it, been then. infected. Yeah. Um, uh, the thing that I want out of a Suicide Squad story is them being kind of mean to each other, a couple of people dying, uh, and some, like, high stakes. Savage little la- play, little savage yeah. lines to each other. I like the design of the Amanda Waller Tunguska, I guess, monster yeah. is what's going on. I thought that was fun. Yeah, that's um, great. Harley is well written. Yeah, I also liked how happy she was to see Croc at the end. Yeah. yeah. They're villains, but they're also friends. Yeah. All right. I can relate to that. Okay, moving on to another image comic book, Isola Prologue. Now, this is a collection of stories that led up to the ongoing title. I believe we reviewed the first issue of this book, but haven't since. So what do you guys think? Is this a good entry point onto this book? It's not a good entry point uh, because... I feel like you need to know the characters when you're coming back. This is, it feels like a prologue to read. If you're a fan and you go back and see how they got there, it's like two page stories that set up a lot of the characters sort of give you some, uh, some of the events that led up to the, the actual series. But, um, the art on this is great. Uh, gorgeous. Yeah. Really beautiful stuff. It feels like, uh, like back in the old, uh, like final, when you get buy a final fantasy game, sort of the, the art that would come along with the game and the instruction booklet or whatever. It was really, that's a very specific <laughs> reference, but, uh, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, I like it. I love this. I thought the art alone is worth it, but I really like the kind of just the prologue and the character stuff. I very much enjoyed it. Cool. Moving on to a Boom Studios title, Adventure Time, Marcy and Simon, number one. As a resident Adventure Time fan, Justin, how'd this hold up? This is my shit. Uh, this picking <laughs> up on uh, the Adventure Time continuity where it, it, it was at the end of the series, which I think is really interesting. And it feels like all the Adventure Time comics are just moving forward from the, the finale of the it's series. the apology tour. Uh, yeah. So we have um, uh, Ice King, who has now been uh, returned to his form of Simon, uh, is apologizing for all of the things that he bad things that he did as ice king it's a fun issue uh it really gets to hit a lot of the characters in the land of Ooh. um i love this series i'm all the way in i gotta tell you as somebody who's uh only seen the first couple of seasons of adventure time loved it but hasn't caught the final season yet uh i was like what the fuck well let me tell you what <laughs> Adventure Time is such... I would really push you to go watch it. It's yeah. such a good show. Uh, there was just uh, an article in the, time, in the New York Times about uh, like 20 uh, television series that um, are... It, that learn from Sopranos. Yeah. yeah. And Adventure Time was one of them. Yeah. And I thought that was a, a great write-up of the series, and I'd love to see it have that kind of credit. Because I've been saying for a long time, the best mythology on television is Adventure Time. Uh, to be clear, my what the fuck was Ice King is Simon? Like that, because I knew nothing about that plot, that completely threw me for a loop. But otherwise, I think this totally captured the tone of the voices of the characters. It was a lot of fun. Uh, there's a great list joke in the middle that's really really enjoyable I, yeah. I, I thought this was great yeah super fun 
Cool. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Here's another one coming out February 6th, also from Archie Comics. Archie 1941, number five. Now, no spoilers about this, but this is a series by Mark Wade that, uh, per the title, takes back to 1941. The mm. Archie characters are going to war. We left off on a cliffhanger the last issue where Reggie pushed Archie out of the way of a bomb, I think, a mortar shell. Mortar. Mortar shell. Uh, and we pick up after that, again, without getting into spoilers, how'd you feel this series wrapped up? Uh, it's so uh, reading this issue after reading uh, Archie seven oh two, I was like, oh shit, this is serious. <laughs> yeah, because this comic is very serious and very much dealing with these sort of treating these characters like adults uh, in a way that you're not used to in any of the Archie comics. Um, but it, it's really good. It's such a tonal shift from regular Archie that uh, it definitely is worth reading by itself. Yeah, it's interesting to me to see all of these different ways that they're touching on the Archie comics characters. And it's all particularly interesting to see if you can keep the heart of who they are, if you stretch them as far as possible. Yeah. That's a and, great way of saying. And, and I think Mark way does that definitely here. Um, I think it does happen for the most part on Riverdale, even when the characters seem very far afield from where they are. And I think that's neat. It's fun to see that. It's fun to see people experiment with that. Yeah. I thought it was enjoyable, like the timepiece of it, the 1941. It kind of made things click a little bit more for me, so I enjoyed it. You love World War II? No, I don't. That's okay. your favorite war. No, it's not. What's you your favorite war? Yeah. A civil war. <laughs> <laughs> really? Why? What a creepy way to answer. The comic As you book. stroke your beard. Oh, the comic book. The Iron Man Captain America Civil, civil War. war. Yeah. There was another not, one. Not the one where it tore our country apart and, and it was about slavery. Brother versus brother and like many people died. What was yeah. your favorite war? Me? You? Yeah. I'm a big fan of the Soda Wars from... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, I mean, World War II is sort of the war to... Like, favorite, though? Well, but, like, well, how can you have a favorite war? Uh, yeah. Why? What do you got to... I mean, I'm not going to say World War II. Just uh, casually speaking, as a Jew, six million of us died. Uh, of so course. I wasn't super into that idea. No, of course. But I guess what I'm saying is... What I'm saying is I'd like to see that part of RG. <laughs> 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 horrifying. Uh, great. Well, so let, let what us know what's your favorite, favorite war? war. My favorite war? Peloponnesian? Uh, war of the Roses, but the movie? Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, wow, the movie. Great. Not yeah. the radio show? No. What? I know what you're talking about. Superman number seven from DC Comics. We finally found out what happened to Superman's son when he left with his creepy grandpa uh, in space. Uh, spoiler, his grandpa's a creep. Yeah. Even he big says reveal. it. Yes. Uh, how'd you feel about this? I'm a big fan of the character of Superboy, so I was a little conflicted about this issue, to be honest. Yeah, I loved the the continuity that was a, was in play in the DC Universe right before Bendis took over Superman. Uh, I loved the dynamic between Superman, Lois, and, uh, and Superboy. So... To have this issue come, or now he's been aged up a little bit, it's just, uh, I, don't, I don't like the choices, and it makes it hard to get on board with the story. Um, I love the fact that Lobo got a shout-out. I'm a big fan of uh, Superman comics in general. I think Bendis is an amazing writer, but right now I, I'm just not enjoying what's happening. I'm looking forward to him getting uh, a handle on Superman a little bit more and to see what's to come. But right now it's a little maddening because it's we, the reader, know more than Superman. And so when it's like, hey, Superman, my, our uncle is a creep, it's like, yeah, 
we knew that. Uh, grandpa. Uh, grandpa. I, I was yeah. a little, uh, like you guys, bummed out about these story choices. I do think the art is good in it. Art's good. Bendis' Art's writing is always going to be good. But this is a very similar plot move to what he did with Miles Morales, which just physically... The little Miles was always my preference. Like watching him go up against enemies who are bigger than him. Yeah. Visually, it's more exciting. It seems like more of a threat to him. And then Bendis did that time jump where suddenly he became taller, more muscular, um, more of a teenager. So you could go into romance storylines and things like that. And now he's done the same thing with Superboy. Uh, so it felt a little repetitive there. Plus, just speaking from a parental perspective, the idea that Lois was like, I'm going to go with my son. And then basically, a day later was like, well, peace out. I'm out of here. Yeah, it was that weird. did not track for me. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm curious to see where this goes, how this pans out, but mm, a little bit of a bummer so far, I'll say. Agreed. All right, last one to talk about from Marvel Comics, Invaders number one. Yeah. Speaking of World War II, these characters are back under Chip Zdarsky. This would be the original Human Torch, Namor, uh, Captain America, Bucky, and what's Torchy? Uh, Jim Hammond, the human torch. No, yeah. but the, isn't there a second torch? Oh, there is a second torch. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he'll come in at some yeah. point. <laughs> uh, what'd you guys think about this book? Uh, I think they did a really great job of like setting up what this is really about. I thought this was a great issue for like, this is what we're going to do. This is of the stakes. These are the people in play. And I thought it, it did a great job of setting that up and kind of getting me excited for the series. I thought the art was fantastic, especially the old timey feel. Yeah. I really kind of took you there. Uh, I love the kind of finding the picture, like, wait a second and moment. And yeah, I'm, I, I'm all, I'm all in. I can't wait for more of this. Uh, the invaders is one of my uh, favorite teams because it feels random. It mm-hmm. feels like like Namor's such a jerk all the time. And it reminds Cap- me of you. Okay, uh, very different personalities. Uh, Captain yeah. America is just trying to. I'm like Imperious Rex. Yep. I'm like, hey man, get Look out of my way. Hey yeah. everybody! Hey, I'm amazing. I never say that, dude. Uh, you're constantly talking about what an amazing actor you are. I do have wings on my feet, <laughs> so that makes a lot you of are sense. The wind beneath my no, my ankle wings. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I so I like and Captain America is just trying to like do the mission. Bucky's like I'm ch- I'm chipper. The uh, Human Torch is like basically a robot, mm. uh, and Torchy is. Is that his name, Torchy? I don't know. Yeah. Should I look it up? Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, so uh, I... And then we get to see the the an original uh, World War II story and then um, the present day sort of gathering everyone together again. Toro. 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 Uh, very close. Uh, the... Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, Namor is even more of a jerk in the present day. I'm, I'm just curious to see how it coordinates with what's going on in Avengers. Yeah. Because you got that running. That seems like the big story that's going in the background. But it also seems like this should come to a head in Invaders. Otherwise, what's the point of having this comic book? Agreed. So it's well written. It's well drawn. I'm curious to see how this all coordinates, whether we're heading towards Atlantis Attacks 2. Because it that's pretty definitely odd. feels like we are. Yeah. Uh, Namor is angry because he's under deceit. Yeah. The, maybe they could call it Call Me By Your Namor. Oh, that's oh, wow. good stuff. Yeah, that's you like that? Stuff. Yeah. 
Cool. Uh, Pete, cool. what do you think? I, I talked first. I think it's safe to say <laughs> school is back in session. But school meaning fish this That's time. what I'm talking about, uh, school great. fish. If you want to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about comics. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And we'll see you at the comic book shop. Thank you.